0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, choose the impact side. Will BYU's offense or defense have a greater impact in determining Saturday's game?
1: Just how good is UCLA's football team this season? We'll talk to the Bruins radio analyst Matt Stevens. How does a defense produce a frozen
0: Rosen? Mm. Plus BYU receiver Mitchell Juergens on how close BYU's fake field goal was to not working. And it's game day for ninth-ranked BYU Volleyball. Let's go!
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by... The BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton
0: and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, September 15th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with part-time model Jerem Jordan.
1: No, that's you. No, actually. that
0: is not me. <laughs> <laughs> then why'd you say
1: it about me? Because it's actually about
0: you. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's the rub, Spencer? I walked, I walked into a bit of a scam, okay? I was contacted on social media, and uh, this lady's like, hey, I like your look. You should come in. And uh, so I was like, uh, what? So I went, you know, against my better judgment. Oh, boy. Okay, I went. Uh It didn't take very long to figure out that (laughs) this was a way for them to pull some money out of my pocket to form a portfolio for myself.
1: So if you want Spencer to show up at a (laughs) birthday party or something, just hit him up on social media (laughs) at Spencer underscore Linton, and he will be there. Oh,
0: these people are good.
1: (laughs) These people are good.
0: You know, they, they say the right things, hey, but you know, like I should have known when one of the first two questions was, do you have any tattoos? <laughs> I was, and you're like, not that I want to tell you about. I was in the wrong place.
1: <laughs> I award you no points. <laughs> and may God have mercy on yourself. Yes, yes. Billy uh, Madison. Chalk
0: it up to uh, a fun experience, for, for sure.
1: Fun is one way to say that.
0: Yeah, I felt like I was being branded as a cattle.
1: I hate being branded. It's the worst. It is very, very painful. Worst, man. Jeez. (laughs)
0: Have you seen
1: Superman, Batman?
0: Oh, my goodness. Man. Oh, I'm not kidding. At one point. Jason Shepard I'm not kidding. At one point, there was a guy who was a professional model who's like, there are four phases to, like, he's explaining, like, the different modeling And his name was Hansel. And I'm, like, (laughs) I'm sitting there looking at him, like, this is not happening. This is not really happening, is it? Yeah. Oh, I was again. So at out of Spencer my underscore Linton, I was so out of my element. Oh my goodness! And then they're like, "Hey, uh, do you have any? You have any experience in front of a camera?" And I, I should at have said point, no. At that I point, should... you
1: go no, and you're like, you walk out the back door, and you're in some weird alley in downtown Salt Lake, and you're like, "Pack twelve country. You never know what's going to happen."
0: <laughs> it was really fun. Really fun. Yay! I'm
1: glad you got out of there alive, man.
0: Oh, I'm just impressed that you uh, we made, need, we made it you through the initial cattle call, and now you're making money as we a ne- model, dude. We That's impressive. Oh, my gosh. That's really impressive.
1: No. <laughs> Go ahead and tweet at me. I won't show up, okay?
0: <laughs> okay. We're off to a rip roaring start. BYU Sports Nation headlines now. We are exactly two days away from BYU's home opener against the UCLA Bruins, Kalane Sitake, making his home debut, the return of Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams to Lavella Ridge Stadium after almost two years. Countdown to kickoff will be live at 9 Eastern. You can watch that on BYU TV.
1: ESPN's Jake Trotter reports Oklahoma president and Big 12 board chair David Boren says Big 12 expansion is not a sure thing. Quote, I would just caution you and say I would not take expansion as a given. I'm not saying there won't be expansion, but I'm not saying it can be automatically assumed that there will be expansion. The most non-committal committal, uh, phrase, uh, paragraph Statement, of all phrase, time, yeah. ESPN's Brett McMurphy told BYU Sports Nation he thinks no expansion is actually the best option for the Big 12. He said this to us on July 20th.
0: If I was on the board of directors, if I was Commissioner Bowlesby, I would say do not expand. There's no reason to expand. Hmm.
1: Okay. 11 candidates met with Big 12 officials last week for roughly two hours each. Of course, BYU one of them in Dallas. In the article, uh, Boren also questioned whether a decision would be made at October's board meeting. So, I have officially gone back to what I was during the summer, which is, all right, just tell me when they take some action. (laughs) Because this dog and pony, specifically Lil' Sebastian show, has dragged on for long enough. If you're not going to expand, why have you dragged this out for so long? That would be a joke. So, i I wonder if there's a plan B for b y u if this if they don't expand in the future, but grant of rights are through twenty twenty five with the big twelve so i'm I'm back in the just wake me up when there's some news We've here.
0: got to wait until we find out if they actually will expand, but if they don't, can you imagine the media backlash and the question you bring up is one I would love to hear answered. Why did you go through all of this? If you don't want to do anything, time, money, resources, for what? Yeah. BYU
1: really, 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 really wants to be in the Big 12. It's interesting, though, given the way the conference works, that that's 100% all in. All in. It's because they have a bunch of money and they have some great teams in there, and that would be an amazing experience. I've called it the number one uh, thing, story that could ever happen. With BYU sports is getting into a the Power Big, 5 conference.
0: BYU's at the Big 12 modeling agency hoping that they right now catch going, their break. <laughs> no, I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos?
1: <laughs> My only tattoo is that I don't play on since? No.
0: Eleven candidates met with Big 12 officials last week for roughly two hours apiece. We learned that BYU obviously was one of them. In that uh, article, Boren was also questioned whether a decision would be made at October's board meeting. A lot of people have circled October 17th as the day that we might know. You might know on October 17th, but you might not know.
1: Who knows, man? Just just let me know when something happens. Here's what I
0: do know, Jerem. Just text me. It's game day for BYU women's volleyball as they host Utah Rivalry Week or time of the year whatever you want to call it, continues as the ninth-ranked Cougars will host the Utes 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Sophomore outside hitter Ronnie Jones-Perry joins us in 40 minutes. Copper Hills High School represent.
1: Uh, That's right, C-H-H-S. That's what's Mm -hmm. up. Hey, and both cross-country teams are ranked in the United States Track and Field Cross-Country Coaches Association poll. That's a real thing. Uh, the men's team is 14th. The women's team is 21st. So it's more top 25 teams on campus.
0: It's good to be at BYU in the fall. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The impact side. UCLA-BYU, home opener for Cougar football in 2016. We established what this game means to both sides at length yesterday. The funny thing is... The difference between a one and two start and a two and one start feels like it's separated by this metaphorical Grand Canyon, does it not? One and two and two and one. It's weird how one game can shape that. That said, we're not entirely blind, thank goodness, going into this game between the Bruins and Cougars because we've had at least two games to make some observations, discuss results, and in lieu of that, alter projections about BYU football in 2016. We've learned some things that are backed up by hard data, which I think you will find very interesting as we get to our stat of the day.
2: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 18,
1: BYU scoring and allowing 18 points per game right now. Scoring 18 and a half, giving up 18. Now, giving up 18 is a good number. Scoring 18 and a half, that's not a good number at all. In fact, you're not going to beat a lot of Power 5 teams when you average 18 and a half. In fact, you won't beat UCLA if you score 18 points, in my opinion. I think that UCLA offense is pretty talented. So this is an interesting matchup, which brings us to today's Twitter question. Mm-hmm. Will BYU's offense or defense have a greater influence in the outcome of the UCLA game?
0: They're both at 18. BYU's offense scoring 18 and a half. BYU surrendering 18 points per game. So which one steps up? What is the impact side? Jerem, if you have to pick one, where are you going? I want to
1: say the defense, but I'm going to say the offense, and here's why. I think that, I think that the BYU defense has played two really good games. In fact, n- nearly perfect in terms of what you hope you're able to do. You're not going to shut out Power 5 teams on the road, right? So holding you know, Arizona to uh, a teen's number and 58 plays, was awesome. Plus two in turnover margin. Fantastic! Utah, on the road, 20 points total, including the pick six, so like 13 from the defense there. Wow. Plus three? You forced six turnovers? Wow, right? Unfortunately, the offense didn't quite get it going. Um, So I'm going to say the offense because I think UCLA is going to come in here and score in the 20s somewhere. So now the offense... Has to kick it in. They have to get to the high 20s, low 30s, in my opinion, for BYU to win this game. I do think that BYU is going to be able to run the ball effectively against UCLA. I do think that that will open up the pass game and that BYU, if they win this game, has to be high 20s, low 30s. Offense for me.
0: For me, the home field advantage is worth about seven points.
1: That's a big number.
0: For BYU. I really think that is the case. The energy of the crowd. worth of points? The energy of this crowd and the circumstances surrounding this game because of all the things that we have listed between Taysom Hill, who wears number 7, making his return, Jamal Williams making his return, Kalani Satake and Ty Detmer back with this new staff. The energy of the crowd, to me, in this specific game, is worth 7 points. So just that metric alone. That's
1: really high for the home field right there.
0: Jumps BYU
1: from 18.5
0: points to 25.5 points. I think BYU will score in the mid to upper 20s in this game.
1: They, they better, man. It's, it's week three. It's time to crank it up. There, there's too many playmakers on that side of the ball to have 18 points a game and be the only team in America without a 20-plus yard pass play.
0: BYU's defense what? will do their thing. Why would we think otherwise on their home field? With as good as they've been away from Provo – Why would things all of a sudden become dramatically different? Because the
1: quarterback's much better, potentially. Who knows? You don't think Josh Rosen is much better than Anu Solomon and Troy Williams?
0: I think he's better than Anu Solomon. I don't know that on the road he is going to be as good as Troy Williams was at home.
1: I really feel like you're blinded by only the BYU UCLA game last year. The dude, I'm not, I'm not the even dude thinking was a about freshman that. Have you watched
0: UCLA play either game this year? I've yeah. watched both yes, games. I watched
1: the Texas A&M game. I watched the UNLV yeah, game. I know. And you're looking at those two games and the UCLA game from last year. Take into account the entire season. So we're the smart guys and all the NFL scouts are the idiots.
0: I didn't say he They're wasn't a good quarterback, Jeremy. I didn't say he wasn't a good quarterback. I am saying you
1: underestimate his value greatly.
0: We'll see, right? We'll see. You maybe you're overestimating you think his value. He stinks. I think Did I say he stinks? Don't put words in my mouth. Okay, I then, didn't what is say it? That.
1: then what is? Then what is? You think he's a you think he's on par with a JC transfer who started twice at Utah. Josh Rosen's a good quarterback, dude. Troy he's a Williams. good quarterback.
0: Would not be as good as Josh Rosen on the road at BYU is my point. It depends on the venue, my friend. The venue. So
1: seven less points. They're putting up like 33 a game. They went at Texas A&M. That's a really tough game.
0: Lost 24
1: f- points. They three interceptions. 42. Josh Rosen. Let, they were down 15 with like six minutes left. Exactly. They let them back. Yes. So you can make the same point about one Taysom Hill. Three picks at Utah. Taysom Hill's playing at
0: home. on the road. He's playing at home. Points in the teens.
1: That's a struggle.
0: He's playing at home.
1: I don't think it magically gets better at home. I I think that there's value there, but it's not just like, poof, more points. I said seven. Is that, like, magically better? Uh, When you score in the teens, it sure feels like it.
0: 25 points is magically – you don't think – you think that's too much.
1: BYU – Needs to kick like get it going on offense.
0: I, that's what I'm saying. The offense is going to have to step up because Josh Rosen will be pretty good, but he's on the road in a new offense. I'm not saying he stinks. I didn't. I didn't say anything close to that. I said that he would struggle in a tough environment against this defense. Okay, they'll do their thing. BYU's offense has to score 25 points to beat UCLA, and I think and it might they have will be, do that. And
1: it might have to be more, man. It might have to be more. I would not discredit the BYU defense if they gave up, like, 28 to Josh Rosen and UCLA. That's conceivable.
0: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, you sound off. Will the offense or defense have a greater impact? Plus, UCLA radio analyst Matt Stevens joins us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Number nine women's volleyball tonight against Utah. Check it out, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. A fun matchup for the Cougars against the Utes. Uh, BYU can get some retribution for... No, that's not how it works. It's a game against Utah. (laughs) I was up. Pay back for that. It's like, no, that happened. It's over. This is now its own distinct thing.
0: That said, it still matters because it's BYU-Utah, right? Yeah. But it It doesn't like, make matters. up for the football game in no. any way. No, it doesn't. It's a separate BYU entity. BYU will go
1: for two tonight in the third set against the Utes. What? Wouldn't
0: that be sweet if you could <laughs> go for two in volleyball? There's like a this one's for play. two.
1: It's uh, ultimate jeopardy. <laughs> Twitter
0: one. question today. Will BYU's offense... Or defense, have a greater influence in the outcome of the UCLA game this Saturday night at Mr. Underscore Flintstone94. Defense, we can't take our D for granted just because they've been great. We need to stop Rosen to help our offense.
1: That's a great point. You can't just assume that it will carry over. You think that that, uh, but it's so early. It's game three. They've shown well through two games. Can they keep it going?
0: Matt Stevens, former UCLA and NFL quarterback, working now as UCLA football's radio analyst, back on the show on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Matt, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation.
2: Hey, thanks for having me on. You know, I was listening to you guys, and I forget that uh, Provo-Salt Lake City and that rivalry are so close, it reminds me of UCLA-USD, little hatred going on there. Oh, a little. My good my goodness.
0: It's uh it's very intense. And so that uh that's you know a great point that you bring up and we'll get into the dynamics of what BYU and UCLA have done in the first two games, but I want to go right to something that Jeremy and I were talking about uh in the opening segment and that is Josh Rosen. My point that I have been trying to make is that when you implement a new offense even if you're an unbelievably talented quarterback Sometimes it takes time, and you have to be patient, which is what I've said to BYU fans with Taysom Hill and what I would say to UCLA fans with Josh Rosen. You can have a great quarterback. Sometimes it just takes a while to find the groove. How do you assess that, Matt?
2: I totally agree with you. I mean, because the new offense is more NFL style, coming from a a spread zone read, you know, Josh Rosen's under center, and he's never dropped back before, you know, a five-step drop and throwing it out. You know, he's never really done play action, you know, in the long fake. You know, it's something that's really different with tight ends, you know, wingbacks, only two wide receiver set. And then you throw in the fact that he lost uh, Thomas Duarte and Jordan Payton as two leading receivers from last year, so he's got a bunch of new receivers. You know, Josh Rosen hasn't regressed, he just hasn't progressed because of the new offense and new personnel.
1: If BYU fans only remembered Josh Rosen from the BYU game last year, and that was start three for him. They would they would think he stinks. He was 11 of 23, 106 yards, and three picks. However, he was really, really good last year. And he's uh, shown pretty well to start this year. Just how good is this kid?
2: Well, I mean, everyone's sort of criticizing him in the start this season. He's averaging 311 yards passing per game. So, you know, and he had the three picks against Texas A&M. A couple of those were in and out of the hands of UCLA wide receivers, deflections that ended up being picks. Uh, he's the first pick in the 2018 draft. He's, he'd be the first pick in the 2017 draft if he could if he was eligible. I mean, the kid has all the physical tools and arm talent galore, and he's going to be sort of the it factor in this game on Saturday. I mean, he's the guy that can drive the ball downfield. Uh, he's the guy that can make accurate throws. And, you know, what I think Josh Rosen's done now is once he feels pressure, sees pressure, He knows how to retreat. He can throw off his back foot. He's much more creative. We're seeing him run the football. Uh, He's talking about being efficient, and he's a real cerebral guy. So he's going to be the guy that's going to win the game if UCLA needs to count on someone.
0: BYU feels like they can put pressure on Josh Rosen like they did last year, albeit this is a different coaching staff and a different defensive front. But they feel like that is the key to beating UCLA is getting him under pressure. How much better is he at handling pressure now compared to where he was
2: last year? Well, Kalani Sataki, number one, the head coach. I mean, he's defensive-minded. He likes bringing pressure from the weak side, and uh, it's a numbers game. And that's why UCLA has gone to a more tight end, conventional set. Uh, if you have no tight end, you, you can come from both sides. So it's going to help uh, Josh Rosen recognize where the blitz is coming from. Uh, just a year underneath his belt and getting hit and getting pushed around into, you know, failure, you know, for Josh Rosen. You know, he's a guy that has won a lot in high school. You know, UCLA, you know, they're one-on-one right now. So uh, I I think he understands that, you know, the mental part of the game, figuring out blitzes, and the guy can take a hit as well. Uh, I think he's better in that aspect than he was a year ago.
1: This game's really interesting for a lot of reasons, given the one-point game last year, and it was a a fantastic game uh, from both teams then, you say, then this year, both are 1-1. One and one. Neither team wants to be 1-2. and two. UCLA certainly doesn't want to be 1-2 and two going into uh, you know, Pac-12 play coming up. So what do you think of this matchup with Cougars and Provo? Well,
2: by the way, BYU doesn't want to be 1-2 and two going into Pac-10 play, or Pac-12 play. I mean, they're almost <laughs> in the Pac-12 South. Uh, you know, UCLA has Stanford the following week. So, you know, games 3 and 4, this is pivotal for UCLA. And UCLA, because of that loss against Texas A&M, they can't lose another. You know, going to the uh, the playoffs, it's a beauty pageant. I mean, you got to win all your games for UCLA since they had that one loss. So uh, I think it's a pivotal game for both schools. And, you know, I think BYU, uh, you know, has a little bit of an edge because it's in Provo. It's a very loud place. Uh, it's, uh, you know, a place where you're going to have to deal with crowd noise. And, you know, thankfully UCLA has gone to Texas A&M and been in front of 102,000 people. It's going to help them. And they've also defensively had to face – type quarterback, so I think that's going to help him as well.
0: Talking with Matt Stevens, UCLA football radio analyst, former NFL and UCLA quarterback on BYU Sports Nation. UCLA, let's face it, ran all over the BYU defense last year, and that was part of the defensive plan that BYU implemented, which is why Josh Rosen struggled, but they had Paul Perkins, who's now in the NFL, and it worked to the advantage of UCLA. Well, now he's gone but the Bruins have a new running back in Soso Jamabo and a couple of new offensive linemen. What should we expect from the UCLA run game in this year's contest?
2: Well, they also have a, a big fullback that weighs 295 pounds, Ta'wa. And uh, everybody thinks, all right, he was a nose guard, now he's a fullback. He's just going to run into people. And, yes, he does. I mean, he, he's a collision waiting to happen. But, you know, he's also a guy that has some natural fullback skills. So you're going to see a guy – Uh, like Sosa Jababo, a Bolo run for me that are 6'2", 6'4", 225 pounds, running behind this 295-pound man, and there's going to be some helmets colliding on the field. And UCLA has two NFL tackles that are both 6'9", 6'9 you know, 310 pounds, a real tough center, and the guard play is really getting better. That was the question mark on this old line. UCLA will want to establish the run and set up the play-action pass for Josh Rosen. And they're going to want to find single coverage on the outside, and Josh Rosen has the arm to take advantage of that.
1: Matt, what do you think of uh, the health of the defensive line for the Bruins, given uh, Eddie Vanderdose with that uh, strain of his uh, you know, left knee and tore his ACL last year and a couple other injuries after uh, two weeks?
2: Well, the good news for Bruins fans is Eddie Vanderdose practiced yesterday, along with uh, Takaris McKinley. Takaris McKinley is a defensive end. You know, six foot four, 260 pounds. He really adds a lot of athleticism and makes the uh, passer have to step up in the pocket. And, and if you have to step up in the pocket, there's big Eddie V. Eddie V's going about 330 pounds, and uh, he's destined for the NFL as well. Uh, so the Bruins need him. And then they also have another guy, Eli Anku, uh, who's just been on a tear the last five games. You know, I'm talking about last season as well. Uh, where he's averaging six or more tackles. So, you know, the defensive front, uh, if they're healthy, can be very good for the Bruins.
0: Are they healthy, though? I think is the question. How, how close to 100% are those guys that have been banged up?
2: Well, I mean, defensive linemen, they're never 100%. You know, will <laughs> give you some type of percentage, anywhere between 80 and 90, and uh, but they're always going to be beat up. And, you know, the biggest uh, concern is probably to Carson McKinley because he's had a hamstring pull. And uh those are very hard to overcome, and he's a guy that uses speed off the edge to get after passers. Um, I would say he's probably, you know, around 75%, 80%. Eddie V, you never know. I mean, a 335-pound man, you're going to ask him how healthy he is, he doesn't know. I mean, they're just so big, they want to get to... You know, training table—that's their key.
1: Exactly. If if he's uh, well fed, then he's happy. That's for sure. When when you look at exactly this matchup is interesting because it's a different quarterback. It's not Tanner Mangum from last year. It's now Taysom Hill. And BYU's offense has put up 18 a game through two. Not as high as they want to be. What's the perception, in your opinion, of the BYU offense so
2: far? Well, it's a it's another spread offense, and it's a it's going to benefit UCLA for the simple fact that two teams that they've played have had excellent quarterbacks and Trevor Knight at Texas A&M. And you're going to hear about this guy, Johnny Stanton at UNLV, 6'2", 245 pounds. I mean, he was just an absolute baller against the uh, Bruins on Saturday night. So UCLA, they have faced this type of offense. And I think Tanner Mangum last year, you know, lit him up a little bit. And, you know, you've got to give credit to Taysom Hill for just beating him out. Because I I think Tanner is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and he's going to have his days coming up. Um, but UCLA defensively has faced this type of offense, so they're going to have some type of familiarity.
0: Who do you think needs this win more, UCLA
2: or BYU? Well, they both do. I mean, let's just face it. I mean, it, it, this is an important game for both teams. It's a pivotal game, I think, for the season for both teams. And If you're UCLA, you, you start the season, you're ranked 16, and you go 1-2, and two, and then your next opponent is Stanford at home, you know, all of a sudden the Pac-12 champion, you know, four out of the last five years you got to play, that, you know, that becomes a must-winner. You could go one and three. You know, for BYU, you know, they're in the race here in the Pac-12 South. Just kidding. But, uh, you know, they don't want to lose two games either because that takes them out of the playoff picture. So, you know, this this is a big-time game, and it's always been circled on the UCLA schedule that this is a must-win on the road.
0: Follow him at Bruin Color Guy Matt Stevens. Great to have you back on the show, man. We appreciate the insight, and we look forward to seeing you in Provo. All
2: right, thanks a lot, guys. Can't wait to get there.
0: Matt Stevens on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
2: Great stuff
1: from Matt, and uh, we didn't mention the last time for UCLA and Provo at all, which I think was nice on our
0: part, right? Different team, different era. Oh, different I know. Coach, but it's history. Fifty-nine to nothing. <laughs> It was 59 to nothing. <laughs> I know, nothing. That, that was
1: the craziest game. They, he's right. I love this matchup because I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched in a lot of spots. Will the kind of Kainakua suspension in the first half be maybe a difference maker? Will, will being at home be a difference maker against this team from last year who, as he mentioned, lost a lot of weapons on offense. You're leading a couple of receivers. You're leading running back gone, But it's UCLA. They always They always have good talent. Like, the difference... We we mock UCLA in the uh, haven't been to the Rose Bowl very much like everybody else, but they're always top twenty. They're no Arizona though, you know what I mean? Like Arizona compared to UCLA, way worse historically. In the UCLA
0: is a good team, but they're not the Pac twelve champions like they're dubbed every preseason. Yeah,
1: I, and I'm just a little I'm just a little careful not to mock a team that BYU actually lost to last year. You know what I mean? They didn't win that game.
0: Will BYU's offense or defense have the greater influence in the outcome of Saturday's game? Up next, Mitchell Juergens, the field goal that almost didn't work. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, two days away from BYU and UCLA home opener in Provo, Utah.
1: Countdown to kickoff is live at 9 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday night. We'll get ready for BYU and UCLA. BYU one-hour live pregame show. Dave and Blaine in the booth. Spencer David Bryan on the set. Lauren on the field. Check it out.
0: Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. As I mentioned, a couple of days away from the home opener for Kalani Sitake and his new staff. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time in almost two years. Countdown to kickoff is going to be the place to to be. Brian Logan just tweeted in that he loved the debate and conversation (laughs) that we were having during the opening segment. If you missed it, you should (laughs) download it. He called
1: it an argument, which is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) It was not a debate. It was an argument. (laughs) ESPN's Jake Trotter reports Oklahoma president and Big 12 board chair David Boren says Big 12 expansion is not a sure thing. Quote, I would just caution you and say I would not take expansion as a given. I'm not saying there won't be expansion, but I'm not saying it can automatically... Uh, be, but I'm not saying it can be automatically assumed that there will be expansion, end quote. It's so a lot of words pretty, right there. Pretty noncommittal. 11 candidates met with Big 12 officials last week for roughly two hours apiece. We know BYU was one of those 11 in Dallas. In the article, Boren also questioned whether a decision would be made at October's board meeting.
0: October 17th.
1: So coming up in 2021, potentially the Big 12 will announce whether they're expanding or
0: not. Decision day. <laughs> Who
1: Maybe. Who knows, man.
0: Ninth ranked and undefeated BYU women's volleyball hosting Utah tonight, 9 Eastern. You can watch that live on BYU TV. Sophomore outside hitter Ronnie Jones Perry will join us in about 10 minutes.
1: And both cross country teams are ranked in the USTFCCCA poll. That's the mm, real thing. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, the men's team's 14th, the
0: women's team's 21st. Mitchell Jurgens is an interesting case for BYU football this year. He was almost non existent in the game against Arizona. I don't even know. Other if than
1: was, the hold for the win, yeah, in the, on the which field is ball. crucial. Yeah,
0: so I don't want to take that away yeah, from him as a receiver. But then he became like this integral part of the offense against Utah, and so I imagine that we will see a little bit more of Mitchell Juergens moving forward, just because Ty Detmer is feeling things out, and he's been very good in a clutch situation on the road. Now we learned some things in this interview that you were about to see, including. Why the fake field goal was almost a disaster waiting to happen. And secondly, does he implement Starman in any other aspect of his life? Mitchell Juergens, two-on-one from BYU Football Practice. Mitch, game number three, you enjoyed an increased role against Utah. You were targeted a lot, uh, had a great impact in that game. What do you anticipate uh, your role and the receiver's role will be in the offense against UCLA?
3: um i think the expectation is always you know to expect you know a lot of plays expect a lot of balls um that's always been the game plan uh whoever ends up getting the balls at receiver i mean just however the defense is lined up then um we know that we're going to be ready we got guys in the right position and uh, they do run their defense a lot like utah so it could be something similar to what we see um against ucla so you know, I think the the mentality is always to be ready for a lot of balls, and uh, so then when they do come, you can make the play.
1: Last year, this was a fantastic game down to the wire. Um, a lot of guys back from that game. What are you expecting this one against the Bruins this time in Provo?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I expect it to be a battle. Um, I think as an offense, we're ready to uh, prove a lot more, put a lot more points on the board, and and we're confident in our defense. And so um, they've made some big stops. They've. I mean I consider them one of the best defenses in the country so it could you know go our way and I think we are preparing for that um we we definitely don't want to put up you know 18 19 points uh, we're ready to you know put a lot more numbers on the board this week and and so I think it'll it'll be a battle cuz they're they're a good program they're secondary they got the guys returning and they're they're athletic they're fast and uh so it'll be a battle but I think you know we're prepared and, and we'll be ready
0: What kind of emotions do you anticipate for Kalani Satake and this staff's debut on top of your quarterback Taysom Hill playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time in two years? Jamal Williams not far behind that.
3: Yeah, I think there will be a lot of emotion um, coming back. I think we'll feel the energy uh, from BYU Nation. They've been incredible this year already. Just everyone's getting excited. All our fan fests and and things that fans could come out to. They're just really excited about this year, our coaching staff with Taysom and Jamal coming back. So I, I've i got no doubt that we'll feel the energy, um, and that'll help us. I mean, coming to our home crowd, I think we were undefeated last year at home, and and so we do have a confidence here, and, and I think we'll see it.
1: Are you hoping game one at home is the same way for you uh, as last year? <laughs> that was a pretty good game for you.
3: I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you always dream about making plays, and, you know i don't expect to make a game winning catch cuz we'll be up you know by more than that <laughs> so uh um but you know that that's that's the game plan um but yeah i mean i would love to make plays um but i know every other receiver is, has that mentality as well so whoever gets the ball in in critical situations third
0: downs we're just we just want to move it and put it in the end zone so Whatever it is about rolling out to the right for your quarterbacks, it seems to be working. Taysom Hill <laughs> against Virginia yeah, yeah. when you're released on that route for a touchdown, and then Tanner Mangum rolling to his right. So maybe you should just ask Ty Detmer to have the quarterback roll to the right and let you run deep.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Whatever the play is, have them, if it breaks down, always roll right, and they'll find me somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll find me somewhere, so I'll, I'll do my best to get open.
1: Okay. On the dance floor, is Starman
3: your go-to? Is that your default? Uh, sadly, it's not. You know, it's, that's that's uh, a save it for the field. Okay. You know, I try to bust out some other moves on the dance floor. I gotta, you know, mix it up. Yeah, keep keep the wife happy. You know, can't just do the. Let's same be thing, honest you know? though. So, Let's be
0: honest though. She that, that had a, a huge influence. In, did that get you married? Yeah, did the star no, man get you married. No,
3: absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, I got lucky that I got married. So I don't I don't know what it was that attracted her to me. Um, I don't know what I did, but uh, I'm just glad it worked.
1: Let's talk about the fake field goal. Um, so that play call happens. What's going through your mind knowing, okay, this, this, is my, this is my time to pass the
3: ball? Well, I actually didn't know it was happening until, like, right before the snap because I was on the field and the, the field goal unit came out. And when I'm getting set, Jake's out there and he's like, you, you know it's the fake, right? And I was like, really? And uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And and so it was literally – you know, a couple seconds to prepare for it. and But luckily we, we ran it a lot in practice, and, uh, you know, Corbin's a, an easy target to hit. So <laughs> I, I'd love to throw to a guy that's 6'10 every play. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun that we executed it, and um, it was good that, you know, kept the drive alive.
0: Is it Jake's job to double-check with you to make sure you know <laughs> it's the fake?
3: I just, you know, I'm grateful for Jake. <laughs> he, he comes in clutch a lot and i would have been the only one who didn't know it was the fake um if he didn't tell me so that would have looked um a little embarrassing so i'm just i'm just glad that he has my back
1: mm. in the annals of byu history there are many people who have <laughs> passed the ball you are now one of them at byu
3: yeah i'm just i'm just glad i completed it i had one pass attempt uh, last year and uh, did not complete it so i got my percentage up which is which is good
0: Mitchell Juergens with us uh, inside the BYU football offices as part of BYU Sports Nation's two-on-one. When you look at UCLA defensively, you mentioned specifically their defensive backs. And I've heard a number of your teammates and coaches say, we feel like we're ready to turn a corner offensively. Well, if they're super athletic, what gives you confidence that you can go out and execute against them at a higher level and, you know, turn the corner? Yeah, I mean...
3: We face, I think our defense, our secondary is one of the best in the country. Um, you got guys like Kainakua, Micah and Mike Davis, um, and some other guys. And, and so we go up against them every day, and, and we know we can make plays. Um, and so it is a mindset that, you know, however we turn the corner, we know we can, and, and we just we just need to do it. Um, but, you know, UCLA secondary, I, I feel like they are really strong. It could be their strong point on their defense, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't make plays. doesn't mean that we can't uh, catch the ball downfield, uh, make guys miss, and, and put the ball in the end zone.
0: BYU two-pass quarterback and mostly wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens with us. Thanks for the time, Mitch. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Mitchell Juergens, two-on-one from BYU Football Practice, hoping that the offense turns the corner against UCLA. And he said it. We feel like this is going to be a breakout opportunity for us. We don't want to put up 18 or 19 points. We really hope to explode on the field.
1: In the end, winning is the most important metric of all, right? So if BYU had uh, converted that two-point conversion or taken... Uh, care of a you know, f- few turnovers for points a little more, then, then you'd tolerate the growth a little more. But because the growth came in a loss, yeah, it's, it's just a little tougher. And maybe the standard's too high at the beginning. Maybe I'm calling for too high a standard uh, initially.
0: I'd like to point out something. I've heard a number of people say, but this BYU team with senior leadership and Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Nick Kurtz, they shouldn't struggle offensively. They should be scoring 40 a game. Oh, Really? What about senior John Beck in 2006 with senior Curtis Brown and senior Johnny Harling? They started 1-2, 13 points at Arizona in the opener, 23 at Boston College, in a double overtime loss. It was BYU plus
1: 2 and plus 3 in those
0: games. That's- BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you ever miss an episode of this show in its live fashion, That's why we have the rebroadcast weeknights, BYU TV at 6 Eastern, or you can download the podcast or watch in one of 117 other ways.
1: That's exactly right, and that many countries as well. Ninth-ranked women's volleyball hosts Utah tonight. The undefeated 9-0 and ninth-ranked BYU Cougars host the Utah Utes. Check it out tonight, 9 Eastern time.
0: Vengeance match.
1: 9-0, ranked number 9, 9 Eastern.
0: Uh Speaking of, we welcome in... Veronica Jones-Perry. Yeah. Or Ronnie
1: I got Jones- to clap Perry. for this one because she's a fellow Copper Hills Grizzly. Hey. A fellow Copper Hills Grizzly. What's up?
0: Okay, so what makes Copper Hills the greatest high school in all the land, Ronnie?
4: Well, you see, um, we're super great at all sports. Okay. Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ask Bingham Football. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Copper Hills was just fun. There's like... So many people there. It's the biggest student body in the state. So everyone has friends. You meet a new person every single day which is kind of crazy.
1: There's a rich tradition of uh, excellent classes that have passed there. No. It's a great school. Did Northridge uh, football beat Copper Hills my senior year when yes. uh, you were on your LDS mission trip? Shout out to Daniel Maybe Coates Daniel Colby Buckwold yeah. and Diane
0: Lake. Yeah. Let's go, man. Yeah.
1: Silver Cityaga. Okay, enough. You.
0: Enough high school talk. Let's discuss what's happening on the Division 1 volleyball floor at BYU. 9 and 0, Ronnie. Alexa Gray, Sierra Parker, undoubtedly fantastic players for this BYU program when they left I think it was only natural to wonder well what what is BYU going to do next year 9-0 I mean has (laughs) did you anticipate this start maybe you did
4: um I knew it was going to be different this year and I think it really is like the complete feel of our team is a lot different than it was last year it feels more like everything is more evenly spread out and everybody's stepping up so it's more of a team effort this year I think um, you can't really guarantee anything, but I thought that we would do well. And I think that if we keep working hard to improve, we're going to keep doing well. So,
1: I've loved seeing the scores, too, because it's not like you're battling your way to a 9-0 and start. You, are, you have had seven sweeps, uh, including a couple of comebacks and five there. So what's it been like to really uh, put your foot down in these matches and, and get out in three a lot of times?
4: Um, it's been really fun. It's kind of just we talk about a lot. Um, just staying in the present so it doesn't matter what the score is we're always battling for each and every point like it is game point so I think that our team doing that is helping with that a lot and then when we do get in the tougher situations it's kind of normal for us to know that we need that point
0: we just saw one of the more violent swings you have taken <laughs> all yeah, season th- long. That, that
1: like took my breath away. I was like holy shnikes yeah and that I was th- you I
0: think the <laughs> ball may have bounced up off the ground. That's thats 12 feet away. Wow. <laughs> Into the upper row of fans. What is that moment like for you after you hit that ball and it's just like the perfect set and just a crushed kill?
4: It's kind of unreal. its um, I don't even really know how to explain it. I just feel like I'm up there. I see everything. Everything, everything kind of slows down a little bit see the gap, go swing as hard as I can, and then everyone is just so excited. The energy in the field house is unreal. The energy from my teammates is awesome. It's, I don't know, kind of indescribable a little bit. <laughs> and if you
1: haven't seen this BYU team, as we mentioned, check them out tonight against Utah, tomorrow night against uh, CSUN, and then who do you play Saturday again? I'm trying to remember. UNLV. UNLV, okay. So you don't take it one game at a time. Good to know. i <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Th- this, this team has been bolstered by a couple of freshmen um, and, and a new yeah. setter as well. Um, but McKenna Miller on the outside, so your other outside with you. What, it's yeah. like to, what is it like to have her come in and play Lights Out so far?
4: Um, it's been awesome. It's good for me because having Alexa leave and then still having that constant competition on the outside in my same position is awesome she's killing it and we both are like we both have things that we're working to get better at and so there is that competition but we both are like there for each other like helping each other see the game and if she sees something when I'm on the court she'll be like hey this shot's open go swing here and same thing like vice versa but it's been so fun she's super fun to play with she brings a lot of energy to the game.
0: BYU was not picked to win the West Coast Conference I think it feels like for the first time ever <laughs> uh, but now that you don't have the target on your back and you have started 9-0 and has your outlook on this season changed at all because you've seen what you can actually do now and I don't know like how how has your opinion changed of this team this season?
4: Um I think starting now everyone was like not necessarily nervous but it's like it's a completely different feel than it was last year. But then we started getting go like we started getting going doing our thing and I think everyone's just kind of settling into their new roles and settling into our new team and I don't really think that this year is going to be much different than past years and but we're still going to like we're going to be working hard and I think if we do that then we can do some great things.
1: Mary Lake has been another one of those freshmen I referenced who's been fantastic. She's a libero. She's yeah. affectionately nicknamed her knee brace because she tore her ACL her senior of high school Amber, uh, which isn't weird at all. Um, what's it been like to play with <laughs> Mary Lake back there who is literally bringing a shovel to every match.
4: She is unreal. It's so just like comforting knowing that When I go up to block, Mary's behind me, and she's going to dig the ball, even if I don't get a really good touch or if I don't stuff the ball, just knowing that she's behind there with the rest of our defense. And even with hitting, like, she every single time I go hit a ball, Mary's literally, like, a couple feet away from me there to cover the ball if I do get blocked. So she's bringing, like, a lot of energy and competitiveness to our team, and she doesn't let a ball drop ever. And if someone else does, she's the first person on. I'm like, hey, we need to get that ball up. Mm. So –
0: BYU hosting Utah tonight, coming off of an emotional weekend that dealt with football, and this is entirely unrelated to volleyball. But has that changed <laughs> how you, has that changed how you approach this rivalry at all because of the result on Saturday in football?
4: Uh, no, not really. Oh.
0: Just... <laughs> I'm just you just want to win. It's always
4: a game. It's always a game we want to yeah. win. You know.
0: You're trying to go William 10-0. for Taysom and those guys. Yes, <laughs> yeah, avenge the exactly. two-point conversion. Okay, so
1: you lead the team in aces with 14. Uh, what did um, you do in the offseason to try and try and make that a, a bigger weapon for you?
4: Um, this summer I was in the gym pretty much every morning at 7, serving and passing with McKenna Santiago. So I just got a lot more reps doing that. Um, before I got here last year, I was doing a jump serve, and then they changed that. So I didn't really have a lot of practice with it, and I knew it was something that I needed to get those extra reps doing. So I just did what I could to get those extra reps, and I just go back there and trust my training. A couple so. of quick
0: things before we have you sign our uh, BYU Sports Nation stretch Y flag. We want your autograph. Do you prefer Veronica Jones-Perry, Ronnie Jones-Perry, or just Ronnie Perry when I call your yeah, name you during call. the broadcast?
4: <laughs> Ronnie Jones-Perry.
0: Ronnie Jones-Perry. For now. For now. That's what
4: we're going with. Okay, so that, that <laughs> can
0: and probably will change at some point.
4: Probably at some point. Okay, okay. Ronnie
0: jones Mark it down. I'm going to give you this uh, Sharpie. We would like your autograph. And we would like to deliver you some BYU Sports Nation karma, which means that you're already really good at volleyball, but maybe some bounces will go your way tonight. Nation too, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we'll go there. Uh, also, it would be fantastic if you could sweep tonight because I've got some stuff to do right around 9 o'clock.
1: Hey, perfect. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks, thanks Ronnie. Ronnie.
1: You can sign it now if you want. Yeah. All right, Copper, Hills, BYU baby. Copper Hill. BYU
0: volleyball game day. Trying to go ten and zero. Ninth yeah. ranked team in the country, and trying to get it done against Utah. Up next, the Cougar whip around. Plus, find out who our future guests are. You will not be disappointed. We're that much closer to BYU football on Saturday as well. I think I know who they are, but I'm like, wait,
1: what's
0: coming on? BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLob.com. Help when you need it most. Copper Heels. It's time for the Cougar whip Around Football. I'm telling you what. We are
1: two days away from BYU's home opener against UCLA for Kalani Sitake and the return of Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to kickoff will be live at 9 Eastern time on game day on BYU TV.
0: Athletics. Love that one. ESPN's Jake Trotter reporting that Oklahoma president and Big 12 board chair David Boren says Big 12 expansion is, quote, not a sure thing. And he would further say, I would just caution you and say I would not take expansion as a given. I'm not saying there won't be expansion, but I'm not saying it can be automatically assumed that there will be expansion. Huh? End quote. 11 candidates met with Big 12 officials last week for roughly two hours apiece. In the article, Boren also questioned whether a decision would be made at October's board meeting. I'm so confused!
1: Most meetings are boring. I agree. I agree. Uh, Ninth-ranked and undefeated BYU women's volleyball hosts Utah tonight at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Cross-country.
0: Both teams are ranked in the United States track and field Cross-Country Coaches Association poll. Ugh. The men's team 14th and the women's team
1: 21st. Coming up tomorrow, Alan Bestwick, ESPN play-by-play on Saturday's game okay. and Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network plus Brian Logan in the house. Oh, yeah.
0: I told you would would be disappointed. Yogi Roth is, is a really fun, entertaining guest a guy that works with elite-level quarterbacks. We can ask him about Josh elite. Rosen. We can ask him about Josh Rosen, right?
1: <laughs> yes, we will.
0: <laughs> today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Are you sure you want to do this, Jeremy? after today's news?
1: Uh, shout out to Bob Bowles. Babe. Okay. We want to stay in the good graces until BYU's in or or another thing.
0: Good enough. Good enough. Hey, we've got two minutes and 15 seconds, so I'm going to go back oh, to something we were discussing sweet. before. Yeah, 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 The start yeah, yeah. of the 2006 yeah. season, yeah, Jerem. Yeah yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. John yeah, Beck yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and BYU's offense produced 313 total yards of offense against Arizona in a loss. Wait, that offense couldn't possibly have struggled, right? They were plus one. Road game early, plus one. Hmm.
1: If they were plus two. <laughs> and then the Boston College game. They're minus one, and they lose an OT. Double overtime. I'm not. Double overtime. I don't. In fact, I agree with you on the offensive stuff. The disagreement is my frustration over not turning the turnovers into more points. That's my point of frustration. Yeah,
0: BYU needed to be plus three to be in that game against Utah. And they needed to be plus
1: two to be in the game with Arizona, which says a lot about the offense in that first game, okay, but it's the first game. You throw it out, you got to win. That's great. Yeah, they
0: won this time. They didn't you, lose to Arizona, Arizona like they did in 06.
1: And, and maybe if it's in Tucson, it's a little tougher, right? There were twenty-five thousand BYU fans, awesome. whereas in Arizona, you and I awesome. were in the crowd for that one. There weren't twenty-five thousand. You know what I mean?
0: No, but there were only three thousand BYU fans at the Utah game, or that's what it felt like. Yeah. So in a one-point loss, it just my point is, even when you have great players early in the season on the road. It's tough to be good on offense. It's tough.
1: But it's easier when you're plus two and plus three. You, that's have, more my, that's my you have more opportunity. That's
0: my point. You have more opportunity. Got to be better. Will BYU's offense or defense have a greater influence on the outcome of the UCLA Special game? Special team, Spencer! At Chill BYU says offense. I expect the defense to show up as it has the first two games. Offense will need to play better than past games to win. I think they gotta score 24 plus to win, and I think they will do that.
1: Defense keeps you in the game, offense wins you the game. Elite tweet of the day at DYoung1993. The defense, if the other team doesn't score, you can't lose! They're going to score. Thanks to well, they didn't in 08. I get it. Thanks to Matt Stevens, <laughs> Mitchell Jorgens and Veronica Jones Perry.
0: You mean Ronnie Jones Perry? Ronnie Jones. Ronnie Jones Perry! Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. You don't want to miss our argument for Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Dan Urbina. Later! I'm telling you what!